Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. By the way, Pastor Chad, it is good to have you and Melissa back here. Come on, let's make it feel really welcome. Man, we've been missing them around here. It's been good. They come back. Look at them. They're refreshed. I mean, they're just a shining, so that's great. We're glad that God's been doing things uh, for you while you've been away, and so it's, it's been awesome. Um, the theme verse is on the next slide, so let's take a look at that for just a moment. Uh, so that for those that are visiting with us, you can uh, appreciate where we're, where we're going here. So the next slide will have us on verses 1 and 2, and it says this, uh, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. So there's some things that we don't see, but man, we got confidence. And we'll, we'll read about that uh, in just a few moments about Moses. Uh, and uh, so this is what the ancients were commended for. If you got your Bibles and you're following along in that chapter, chapter 11, verse 6, uh, I, I love this verse because it says, without faith, it's impossible. Man, it's impossible to please God. You cannot please God. Uh, uh, without faith today, and, and I think all of us here, here in this room, and that we find ourselves in, in that place where, yeah, man, there's some things I've got to do, and if we, if we won't take that step of faith, uh, God, number one, is not going to be pleased, but then God can't do what he wants to do. He wants to do all kinds of uh, wonderful things uh, in, in our lives today. So we're talking about Moses, uh, and there's several scriptures there, and uh, Moses is a little bit, he's kind of easy to talk about, because you know about him. You kind of know the story, and you kind of know all the things that happen, and so so I'll, I'll, I'm going to kind of uh, whiz through some certain points. But I'm kind of on the fact that that uh, uh, you've seen Ten Commandments. How many seen the original Ten Commandments? Every reason, you know, Ten Commandments. Do you know when that movie came out? A lot of you were not born. 1965. 1965 in November, it was released in New York City, and the uh, uh, the uh, film director, uh, what he did is he had uh, uh, the the tablets, Ten Commandments, they were put up all over the place, and it's kind of a, a publicity stunt, so that everybody be aware of about Ten Commandments, and so he, he kind of meant it for fun. Maybe we should do it again. Maybe we need to have the Ten Commandments just put on every corner. They've been taken away, haven't they? They've been, some things have happened in our nation and in our world that, that, are, that are not pleasing to, to God. Just a little trivia before I get into the message. Who starred as Moses. Yeah, yeah, all right, but here's a better one, okay. Who starred as Ramses, the good-looking, bald-headed guy? No, no, not me. No, no, Christ, I know. No, who was it? Yes, of course, okay, okay, all right, right, okay. What, um, what our pastor has uh, encouraged uh, throughout the series is trying to get us to look at some of the, the human side 
of these heroes so that we, we, we understand that they were heroes of faith, but they were, they were also human. And, 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 you know, they experienced a lot of things uh, like, like you and I would uh, as well if we were kind of in, in their position. So, so Moses, a very, uh, very popular, uh, certainly in, in Hebrew culture, uh, his name uh, appears in the Bible 828 times. So obviously, uh, there was, he was revered uh, in, in the Hebrew culture, uh, certainly, uh, and, and, and was mentioned uh, in the New Testament as, ever, uh, as, as well. So, so we've been trying to get, I wonder if, you know, Moses, for example, I wonder if Moses ever had butterflies in his stomach. If you were in Moses' place, I think you'd have butterflies in your stomach as well. I wonder if Moses ever had sweaty palms. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he, he might have. I wonder if Moses ever got a headache. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, I don't know. There, there are a number of things going on. Did he have sleepless nights? Yeah. Hey, how many have a Fitbit? I got a new one here, right here. Uh, and uh, this tells me how my sleep was. And, and I was sharing with the first service. I don't know, maybe it's because I was preaching. But uh, when I woke up this morning and looked at it, it said I had three hours of deep sleep and three hours of light sleep. So, uh, so maybe, because you were on my mind this morning, I'm sure. Okay. All right. But, okay. So I wonder if he had sleepless nights. I am sure that it might have happened there. Uh, I wonder if he ever had second thoughts. You ever had second thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder if he ever said to his wife, what's for dinner? Probably, that's right, Ron, probably he did, right? Okay, um, I wonder if he ever said to Gershom, one of his kids, as they're running around the house and the staff is in the corner, and I wonder if he ever said, don't touch that staff. Yeah, more, more, than, more than likely you did, okay. All right, let's take a look at Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 through 20, uh, 29, and we'll look at the first verse that's going on, uh, and the verse comes up here. So it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's commands. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're unusual. You're unusual. I like one, one word that is often used is uh, unique. Now, try to say this to your neighbor three times in a row. You're unique. Try it. I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. It's really a tongue twister. All right. Okay, very good. The Bible says that, that Moses' parents recognized that he was unusual. Back in the song that we just sang a few moments ago, there was this phrase that said, from my mother's womb. From my mother's womb. All of us, in a very wholesome and right sense, we are unique. We, we, are, we are unusual or we're not just like everybody else. And, and, and that's a good thing because that speaks of God's calling. That speaks of God's ordination. That speaks of God's placement. So you and I realize that today we are place where we are because God, that's where he wants us. If God wanted you someplace else, you would be there. But we are all strategically placed here today. 
in, in, this, in, in this world, in this community, uh, in this society, wherever you are, are coming from. Um, the, the, there's a website called, um, it's a Hebrew website, uh, and it's uh, called Kebab. And what that, what that word means is wisdom. Uh, and in this website, it, it talks about uh, Moses. And I encourage you to look it up uh, because it gives you a different slant uh, on, on scriptures. And sometimes we miss out on some of the original. But just let me, let me read the background uh, to what it said about Moses, who certainly was uh, 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 revered in uh, the Jewish and the Hebrew culture. Uh, Levi's grandson. So this kind of gets you the background. This is where Moses came from. He was a grandson to, to Levi. And you heard a reference uh, where Jake was talking about Jacob and his sons. And so you're, you're trying to put the lineage together so, and so forth. So Levi grandsons, Amron, the son of Kehot, married Jochebed. Okay, this is, don't, don't get hung up and don't get bored. Jochebed, and, and she, this is the one that Moses marries. She, has, she, she bears him three children. The first child was a girl by the name of Miriam, who was later to become a great prophetess of the Jewish people. The second child was Aaron, the high priest of, and in the, on the website, they'll say, it doesn't say God, it says capital G dash D. Because in the Hebrew culture, the name God was so revered, they couldn't write it. It was so sacred for them, they, they wouldn't write it out. So they would, they would have blanks. And so if you look at it, it's kind of interesting. To, but once again, it's an appreciation to, to Hebrew culture and how they, how they revered God and, in this case, revered uh, uh, Moses. And it talks about uh, that next to the brother Moses, he was the greater leader of our nation, referring to Aaron in his time. It was Amram's youngest son, Moses, who was destined to lead the children of Israel from Egypt and to receive for them the Holy Torah on Mount Sinai. Just a little bit of background. So the Bible tells us a few things as we quickly look at these scriptures. That number one, that when the parents recognized, recognized from the mother's womb, recognized that this was an unusual child, a unique child, they hit him. They hit him. The Bible says that, that the because of everything that was going on, because Pharaoh was destroyed, he wanted to have all these all the, the Jewish little boys killed. And so they, they hid him, uh, they put him in a little special basket, and he was floating in the Nile River. And that's the scene that uh, often is portrayed. So they hid him. They recognized his, his uniqueness. And I would like to say that to us today. I really believe today that uh, as, as we look at this hero, that one of the things that we should apply is that we are, we are unique. And that uh, God has plans and purposes for us, as we often said. And this is what really stands out to me in this verse. The Bible says, because they recognized that he was so unusual and unique. Look it up here. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Now, typically, we as pastors are not going to say, go out and disobey the government, you know, whatever. But the point that I think we, we need to make is that when, when you recognize what God is doing, you recognize God's favor, you recognize God's presence in your life, there may come a time that when the government say, you must do this, and that in your heart you know says, I can't. I can't. And so it was a, it was a, it was a trait, it was a, it was a conviction, it was a, a fear that this 
these parents had of Moses that, that was what shaped who Moses would, would become. The, the second point, and all my points today, uh, uh, all my points begin with the letter U. Just, and I'm just helping. I hope that afterwards that you see me. Hey, I can remember some of your points today because you, you talked about how Moses was unique and he was unusual. Okay, and sometimes that helps because at the end of the day, really as pastors, we want you to remember something. When you go out of this place, we want you to go away with something. Oh, yeah, I can remember he said that. I'm not sure everything else he said, but I remember this. So the second point today is unwilling. Unwilling. Is there a place in your life God says, I want you to be unwilling. Is there a place in your life where God is saying to you, you know, everybody else may be going this way, but I want you to stand for me. I, I, I want you to hold your own. Is, is, is there a place right now in your life where you are being challenged, tempted, threatened? Come on, come this way. Come this way. You know, like it's like it, it, it's okay, and uh, it's you know it, it, it's it's okay to compromise, and, and it's okay to to let down uh, uh, a your standard that you feel about about God, your love for God, and what He's doing. The Bible says this that there was a place for Moses. Because one day, and it talks about what happens to him. And I'll just read the scripture. Go on to the next slide, please. It says, it was by faith uh, that Moses, when he grew up, he refused or unwilling, unwilling to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Uh, the, The rest of the verse says this, that he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He had all kinds of options. Moses could have gone many different ways. I mean, he had the good life being Pharaoh's daughter, uh, Pharaoh's daughter's son, okay? And so he, he could have gone and, and enjoy pleasures and, and, and enjoy riches and so forth. But the Bible says this, that he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was far better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. Because he was entitled to He was going to be next in the throne, next to the throne. He was going to be king. But he gave that up because he was unwilling. Because he was unwilling. But there was something inside. Why was he so unwilling? Why was he so uh, unwilling to go that direction and stand and do some drastic things that he got himself in trouble for? But finally God would, 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 uh, would redeem him and, and turn that around. And I think, I think the area that really made the difference in Moses' life, if you recall the story, story so, so Moses is a baby, he's bobbing up and down in this basket on the Nile River. Uh, Pharaoh's daughter spots it, hears little Moses crying. And, and Miriam's off on the shore because she's been watching, hoping that nothing's going to happen to her little baby brother Moses. And so, so Pharaoh's, wife, Pharaoh's daughter recognizes, discovers, oh, her heart's touched. And so then Miriam comes over, and you know the story, how she says, listen, uh, uh, Miriam says to Pharaoh's daughter, if uh, I know a Hebrew 
mother, and, and they know how to, you know, take care of them, all that kind of stuff. And do you want me to go get her and help look after this little one? And, and first, oh, yeah, yeah. Please do that. Do that. Look after this little, this little, uh, little baby. And when he gets old enough, then I'll t bring him to the palace. And so that was cool. So what you and I don't understand and what you, we, we don't realize, what was going on? What was going on in those days when Moses' real mom, she's got Moses and she's carrying Moses. And she's feeding Moses, and she's taking care of him, and she's doing all those things you have to do as a mom. And so she knows that still, remember, he's an unusual child. Got to remember that he's an unusual child. And now, somehow, Pharaoh's daughter's got a hold of him. What was she doing? See, back in those days, they didn't have history books like you and I do. And they didn't have all kinds of special classes. But what they did back in the Hebrew culture, how they, would, how they would pass on history is that it was oral. And so they would sit around campfires. And, and the grandfathers and the great-grandfathers, they would tell. And they would tell the stories that their grandfathers and great-grandfathers told them about their history and where they And, and they, they were committed to it. And they paid attention to every detail. So nothing was missing. And so as Moses, as a little child, and, and he's being weaned by his mother. She's talking to him. Oh, Moses, Moses, I want to tell you about, I want to tell you about Adam and Eve. And, and I want to tell you, I want to tell you what happened about in the garden. And I want to tell you about that serpent that came along. And, and I want to tell you about how, how the, the, the serpent, how he bruised the, the heel of, uh, of uh, Eve, but her heel his head. And, 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 and Moses, I want you to know that back then God promised, God promised that the seed of the woman, the seed of the woman, out of the seed of the woman, there would come a Messiah. There would come a, a Redeemer. Back, we don't get that at first when we read Exodus. But when we read this chapter right here and we start to realize Moses and, and, and his mom, Jochebed, she's telling him, Moses, Moses, listen. This is Jesus. The Hebrew writer, the Hebrew writer was convinced that Moses, by some divine revelation, understood that it was Christ. And so can you see it? So, so you know, it would be day, maybe after a year, and she would tell him, oh, Moses, I got to tell you. I got to tell you about Noah. I got to tell you about Noah and the ark. And I got to tell you about Abraham and what he did and how God called him out. And I got to tell you about Isaac and Jacob. And just as, as, as Jake was telling us a little bit earlier. So it was something that Moses was being, being instructed. He was being influenced by, by his mom so that as he grew, as he grew, that when it came time, when he came to him, this is why moms don't ever neglect, parents don't neglect your role of influence in children because you never know, just as in the case of Moses, that when the time came, he was unwilling. He's unwilling. And maybe that's the greatest threat. Maybe that's the greatest threat to the church is that we're, we're so easily swayed. And, and, and that, that, that the world wants to pull us this way and that. And God is looking for a church. He is looking for a, a, a people that are unwilling. Unwilling to go the way of our society. Not out of hate, 
but because of their love for God. And so the Bible says that when, when Moses, when he was he, old enough, uh, he, he, he refused. Uh, and he, he would rather choose to suffer with, with the afflictions. Uh, and, and I love this. For, for the sake of, uh, of Christ. And, and this influenced Moses. I, I, I think this was, was part of the influence that, 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 that his mom, Moses, recognized the presence of God. It was, it was, it was God who spoke. It was spoke to, to, um, it spoke to Seth, the, uh, another son of Adam. And it was God that spoke to, to, to Noah. It was God that spoke to Abram, who would later be called Abraham. It would be God that would speak to Isaac. And it would be God that would speak to Jake one night when he's laying his head on a rock. It was in the presence. And Moses, Moses, whatever you do, don't leave the presence of God too quick. I, I, I believe that it was while well, Moses was up on the mount, and he was with God, the Bible says, for 40 days and 40 nights. That's a long time. He was in the presence of God. He was in the presence of God. He was listening to God. And God was instructing and so forth like that. You see, this, this is why I believe what I just told you is so accurate. Is that because if you recall, and most, uh, most in, especially in Hebrew, they will refer to the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They will refer to those as the books of of Moses, because see, it was Moses that was considered. He's considered the author of the first five books. Where did he get all the history from? It came when he was a little boy, and his mom, his mom was passing on the 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 the, the history that was passed on to him from down. So it heads from from generation to 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 generation. And here's another. Just it's just a kind of a sidelight. Just a moment. But if you just take just for a moment, there was a time when uh, Moses uh, was. Uh, Going up to the, the tent, it was called the, the, the tent of presence. And so when, when Moses needed direction, he would go to this place when he's leading the Israelites. And it's called, it was called this tent of presence. And he'd go in there, and that was where God would speak to him. It was the presence of God. And he would stay there and he would wait. He would, maybe, maybe that's something God's saying to us today. Maybe he's saying, people, you need to wait more in the presence. Maybe, maybe we're just too quick of getting in and out of his presence. Maybe, maybe we're, we're just, you know, just open up a little devotion and so forth like that, and we're missing out. I know that, that we as uh, uh, staff, especially with the, the lead pastor, with Pastor Jerry, we're saying, oh, God, we want the presence of God in our place. We want, we want to revere what God is doing in our service. We don't want to move too quickly because we move too quickly. We're missing what, what, what God is saying to us. And so Moses, he goes to the tent. It's a regular thing, but he's taking Joshua. Joshua was his young disciple. Joshua was being mentored. By Moses, and he'd bring him there, and, and and Joshua, Joshua would catch on and say, "I see, yeah, Moses stays there in the presence, and 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 you know, I don't know how that worked, but the Bible says that God would speak to Moses face to face, and and I don't know if Joseph's just kind of off on the side or Joshua's on the side, and he's there, but the Bible says this because he finally gets it. He says that inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. As one speaks to a friend. Afterwards, Moses would return to the camp. But the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. So, see, Moses knew and he passed it on to Joshua. He said, Joshua, don't, don't, don't leave the presence. 
Don't leave the presence of God. Be, be unwilling to go the way of the world and the pace of the world and stay in the presence of God. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Let's go to the next verse up there, uh, uh, Ruth Ann. Uh, as we go, it was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and sprinkle uh, blood on the doorpost so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. And you probably remember, if you remember watching that old movie, the, the Ten Commandments, it was kind of a horrible scene, but it was by faith. And, and Moses, sometimes he would, be, he would be asked to do things by God that were just, they weren't normal, they weren't natural, they were unnatural. And but... Often when we are asked to go what is natural and, and normal, it, is, it puts us in the place of the supernatural. And that's exactly what happened. And, and you know the story about the plagues and, and everything that happened. But that final plague was the one that finally pushed everything over. But because Moses, he was unwilling to compromise. He was willing to step out and take a, faith, take a step of faith in the natural. I wonder this morning. What is God asking you to do? I wonder what God is asking you to do that, that is going outside of just the, the normal routine. It may even seem unnatural to you today. There may be something that, that, that God is saying, listen, if you will only take a step of faith in this direction, I want to meet you there with the supernatural. I, I, I want to do something in your life. But, but, you know, sometimes we're so... We like to stay close to the side of the pool. We like to hang on to the edge and, 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 and we miss out. We miss out on, on what God says. God says, come on, let go. Come out here and I want to I show you what I want to do. I want, I want you to cut away from the short lines. And so, so what is it this morning that God is saying to you? Where does God want you to step out today? Where does God want you to step out and say, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to put my faith, I'm going to put my, my, my confidence uh, in him. That's why Moses, he, he was able to do what he did. He commanded the people. Uh, and the reason they did it, they, so they would not be killed. Um, and here's, here's the other thing. Sometimes, sometimes in order for us to get out of that, that comfort zone, because we, 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 we work at that. We like to be comfortable. We like to keep everything nice and neat and tidy. And probably there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes God can't work in our nice, neat, and tidy packages. Sometimes God has to do something. You know what it is? He puts us under pressure. He puts us under pressure. And, and he puts us in this, God, why aren't you doing this? And why, why, why are you putting me through this? And how come this is going on? And sometimes it's just God's way of putting us under pressure pressure because when he puts us under pressure our eyes get focused on him and that's what about Moses there were things that he didn't understand was going on he didn't know exactly how it was all going to turn out but he put his eyes on the one that he could not see and that's why he was put in the book of Hebrews because he had he had a revelation and understanding of Christ and he put his eyes on the ones that he could 
not see. It was by faith that the people of Israel went through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. I mean, it was not natural to go through the Red Sea. That was unnatural, but it was supernatural. And, and, and you know, you know the story. You recall it from the movie that God says, Aaron, or Moses, put your rod out there. And the sea parts and, and it becomes dry ground and millions of people. Historians tell us there were millions of uh, Jewish people that went across uh, on dry ground. They get to the other side, Pharaoh's armies, they see it too. They say, hey, man, it's dry ground. Let's go. I don't know what's going on here, but we're going to go in. And, and the Bible says that as soon as they got in about the middle of the sea, that it starts getting muddy and the, the wheels start falling off and all of Pharaoh's army drowns. I mean, it was, it was unnatural, but it was supernatural. And it was stepping out into a place they had not been in. So where is it that God is asking you to step out today? What are you believing him for? What's going on in your life right now that you maybe you're trying to figure it out on your own? Maybe you've accepted it. I don't know. Maybe you just got it kind of in a package thing. You know, it's whatever will, will be, will be, you know, type thing. But God's saying to you, no, I, that's not what I want for you. I don't want you to accept whatever will be. I want you to step out. I want you to step out and trust me. I, I want you to see the mighty hand of God working in your life. I want you to see, I want you to see the natural turn, the unnatural, the supernatural hand of God. That's what our world, that's what our world needs. It needs, it needs to see and witness a church that believes in the, in the God of the supernatural, that are willing to step out. So what is it today that God is speaking to you about? Well, the, uh, the, the, uh, I, this, this verse, I want, I want to share this verse because it really tells us about the heart of Moses. And, and, and when you understand the heart of Moses, then you understand a, a lot about what he, he was willing to do. This is after he comes down off the mountain and uh, he's been up with God and for 40 days, 40 nights. I mean, it's an incredible time. He's, he's had a wonderful time. But he comes down. He finds out that Aaron has misled the people. And, man, there's a mess going on. They're having a party. they got a golden calf coming up. They're all worshiping it and so forth. I mean, they, they've lost it. They've just lost their bearings. And so, so Moses, he says to the people, you have committed a great sin. But now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make an atonement. For your sin. I don't, I don't know if he was moaning or groaning or what he was doing. But at this point, he said, oh, man, you guys have really blown it. Now I go away for 40 days, and this is what you do. And so he says to them, okay, I'm going to go up to the Lord. Perhaps, perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. Perhaps I can make the wrong right here. So Moses, so, uh, I, he, Moses goes back to the Lord, and he says to God, Oh, oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They have made themselves gods of gold. But now, please forgive their sin. That's cool, right? That's good. I mean, that's, that's a good leader. And, and so, man, these people were really blown. Oh, God, please, you know, can, can you come and guys take care of them, you know, wash it over and this kind of stuff. But, but, but the part that I want you to hear this morning is this one right here, this, this little line here. It says, but if not, God. If you can't blot out their sin, God, because I love these people. I love these people. He says, if, if you're not going to do that, th then blot me out of your book. 
It's love for the people. It's love for the people. I think, you know, once again, he came back, he was just unwilling to let go. He was unwilling to let go. You got to keep asking yourself this morning, what are you unwilling to let go of? So, what was human about Moses? We talked a little bit. Let me just go through these quick like. You can be encouraged today because I think all of us today can identify with at least one or two of these points. Um, Moses, he took matters into his own hand. If one thing that we've learned about a lot of these heroes of faith is that at one point or another, they took matters into their own hands. They, they, they did something on their own. And, and, you know, you and I today, and you can sit there, and we have to be careful because sometimes you say, oh, look at all those other people. They're so much better than I. I can't do it. I'm blown. I want you to know that we're all in this together. And I want you to know that we all experience a lot of things. And I want you to know that today that all of us, all of us have blown it. All of us, you know what, are going to blow it again. Hopefully we learn some lessons, some from lessons from the past. But Moses just like you and I today, he took matters into his own hands. It wasn't the right thing to do. He got impatient. He didn't speak very well, the Bible tells us. He questioned God. You ever questioned God? Of course you questioned God. I've questioned God. Why, God, aren't you doing this? Why did you allow that to happen? Did he ever argue with God? Yeah. Yeah, some of you have argued with God. Maybe you raised your voice with God. I'm sure God can handle that. I know, some, you know, and I've heard people swear at God. I don't think God has a problem with that. I don't think he, it's not going to phase him at all. I don't think that's what the way, his, his right way for you to talk to him, but God can handle that. So have you ever argued with God? Have you, ha, have you ever, uh, um, uh, you know, questioned him? Um, Moses, he lost his temper. Do you ever lose your temper? Sure, I have. You have. Um, he, had to, he had to deal with divided loyalties. People that, people were fighting amongst themselves. Uh, uh, he often found himself in damaged control when he comes off the mountain. People worship him idols. But the bottom line was that he had an undying love for people. So our love for God, um, our, our, our love for Jesus, and, and, our, and our love for people, that, that, that's, man, that's what we come back to all the time. So, so, so my final point is this. Um, my final point uh, is, is based on the word unimaginable. Because that's what happened. Things that happened in Moses' life, they were unimaginable, what was going on. And so, so today, ask ourselves this question. What is God saying to me through the example of Moses? The Bible tells us that Moses was very humble. That he was more humble than any other person on earth. So the Bible says about being humble or humility, so that obviously we want to pay attention to that. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Moses was humble. He walked in humility and the Bible says that he experienced the unimaginable. Unimaginable. Today, so we got to walk in humility. So what is God saying to us? That's individually. And, and, and I want, I just, just quickly, I'm going to share an illustration with you that happened to me just recently. But, you know, th that scripture, and there's a scripture, and I'm going to read it to you now. It's Ephesians 3, 23, 21. It says this, and I love this scripture. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. And I know that most of you are going to love this verse. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Oh, I love that one because I have a great imagination, and I can think all kinds 
kinds of things. And this Bible tells me and this verse tells me that he can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. That happens when we receive Jesus as a personal Savior. His power is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and forever. Today... This scripture tells us, this is the New Testament, this is no longer Moses. This tells us that this is what God wants to do. He wants to do immeasurably more. You had the life. You heard about Moses today. You reflected over Moses today and all the things that God did to him. It was unimaginable. The Bible says that God wants to do immeasurably more through each and every one of us. You know what the problem with this scripture is? We try to do this one on our own. I think it's a great scripture. And I think sometimes when you're reading it, it's great. You know, but there, there are times that we need more than just our own thinking on this. We, we, need, we need somebody else to come along. Because you know what happens? We, 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 yeah, I, I read that scripture, but it doesn't work for me. I, man, Pastor, you know, you don't know what I'm going through right now. And, uh, uh, and so, uh, yeah, you know, I like it, Chris. That's good. I'm, I'm glad it's working for you because it's not working for me. And there, there are times that we need to realize that scripture is not just, just a, a self-proclaimed prophecy, or just one verse, just for individuals. We need to realize there are times that, that God speaks through us, through his word, by the Holy Spirit, to the whole church. The whole church. What is God saying to us today as his church? What does God want to do that is unmeasurably more? What, is, what, is, what does God want to do? We need each other. We need somebody because sometimes when we're down, we can't see past the rut that we're in. Sometimes we can't see through the other side of the fence because we're going through the knothole, and it's not very pleasant. We deal with disappointments, and we deal with discouragements. Uh, the other day, my wife and I, Gracie, uh, we were going down to see my mom down in New York State, and we've been doing this about uh, four, every four to six weeks. And so we had gotten that we're excited about that because my son, Kevin, you don't know, and most of you don't know Kevin, but he lives over in Brighton, England. And, and, and Kevin it travels with a music group from time to time. Matter of fact, they love to sing uh, one of the songs that we say, uh, uh, what a beautiful name that is. What a beautiful, well, they love to sing that song. It's a Hillsong uh, uh, people that did it, but they love to sing that song. And so, so he was traveling with a guy by the name of Martin Smith. And so here's how it was going to all come down. Go down to the States, see my mom on Wednesday, go down to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, take in this incredible production called Jesus at Sight and Sound. And then on, on, on uh, Friday, we would see our son because he was going to be only a half hour down the road. Oh, man, we were so excited, man. And you know, you know, how, you know how, what it does to a mom's heart. So she gets all excited and pumped. I'm all excited. I can't wait to see my son. Blah, blah, blah. So, so, so what happens, what happens, we're at the play. It's 3 o'clock, just a little bit before 3 o'clock. Grace is in the powder room, and, and I get a text. And the text comes out, Dad, I'm sorry. Uh, I got bad news. The concert on Friday night has been canceled, and we're going to stay in New York City. Grace and I have never been to New York City. I might have traveled through going to an airport or something like that. We've never been. We, you know, I mean, like most Canadians. We think in New York City that in every street corner there's somebody with a machine gun. You know, and, and you're not going to go down to New York City, okay? It's not, not a safe place, blah, blah, blah. So, so some, some of you, you know the difference. So, so I'm there. I can't tell Grace. If I tell Grace that this thing is it's just going to ruin the play and she's going to be devastated and, and, and we've been working through this thing and sometimes being grandparents is not fun and we all oh, have all the other kind of issues that go along with it. 
And so I thought, oh, no, this is not going to be good. So I, I tell my kid's sister who's traveling with us. Her name is Nina. And she's traveling with her husband, Cliff. And so we're there. And I said, I got bad news. This concert's been canceled and they're hanging around in New York City. And, and I'm thinking, man, we've come so close. But now we've got to go back home because I'm not going to New York City. Blah, blah, blah. My kid's sister, my kid's sister, she, it's within 30 seconds. She looks at me and she says, no problem. We'll drive you to New York City. We'll take you right into New York City and we'll spend the day with him. And, and I, I said, well, how, how can you do that? I've never been. said, my brother-in-law says, remember, I used to live in New York City for two years. I know New York City. And so, you know, it was, it was like, it was incredible. But we needed somebody else. We needed somebody else to come along to us because we, our bottom had fallen out. Things weren't working out the way that we thought we, well, they should. We needed somebody at that time when it seemed like we had come so far, but now we were going to go back home. And, and, and we weren't going to see our son, some, the desire of our heart. But we, we needed, we needed another brother. We needed another sister to come along with us because, because this is what we thought was going to happen. And, and man, I tell you right now, there was, no, there was no way that immeasurably more was going to cut it for us. But when I, when I told my sister, there was something inside of her, and she said, we're going to go. And we did. And it was awesome. But today, the question is for us today. Who in this room, and you don't know, who in this room needs one of you to put your hand on their shoulder and pray for them? This is what God wants to do. We're going to go in. I want you to know there's breakthrough. Are you kidding? I was about ready to give up. No, no. God, I've been there. I know what God has done for me. He can do for you. And so today, so today as we, we come to, to this, and I just believe that God wants to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or think. And people, you got to understand this. you got to understand. And we got to, sometimes you need somebody from the, the, the outer context. This past Thursday night, this past Thursday night, got to watch my time, okay. This past Thursday night, I'm at a prayer meeting over in the KW area, and it's all about Alpha. And, and there's a group of people in the Waterloo region, they're coming together to pray. And, and this room was filled. And I want you to know, people, that they were praying, and they were coming from different churches, and they were coming from different contexts than I was. But I'm telling you, man, they were praying like charismatic people. They were praying like Pentecostal people. They, I mean, they're calling upon God. They're, they're believing. You know what they're believing? They're believing for, for revival to come to the nation of Canada. And I think I needed that moment. I needed somebody to come along and help me at that point as, as we're working and we're kind of thinking Alpha Stratford and so forth. But man, I came away from that room. I came away from that with confidence that God, you are about to do immeasurably more than ever I could ask or think. God, you're about to do something in our nation that goes beyond what we have ever imagined. And, and I needed somebody at that point like you do. I needed somebody at that point to come along and just say, man, this is what God's doing. This is what God is preparing. And I want you to know that we're in for our best days. We're in for the trip of our lifetime. We're in to but see things that we've never seen but we only dreamed about seeing. That's what God wants to do. So worship team, I want you to come. Worship team, I want you to come. And I want you to sing that song, I'm No Longer a Slave. That's what Moses was singing when he came out of Egypt. I'm no longer a slave. I'm no longer a slave. I've been born again. Hallelujah. So people, prayer team. We've got prayer team people here.
if protein, will you go right to the back right now if there's protein people here? Okay. If not, I got another plan. All right, that's good. Okay, good. Because I just really want you to start praying over the people right now. And, and they're going to leave a sign. Here's what I'm going to do. Because I'm confident today that there are many people here today that just need to hear that. Just need to hear that. Just need somebody to say, hey, there's more. God wants to do immeasurably more. Okay? And so I'm going to give you a chance in just a moment. We're going to stand together in just a moment. I'm going to ask you to put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. I just want you to pray. Say, I don't pray very well. That's all right. You, you, you just do your best. Just do your best and say, God help them. Just, that's, that's all you can do. Because that's, if that's all you can do, that's best. God wants to use you. And measure me more. He's doing it. Come on. There's a promised land. There's revival. There's healing. There's breakthroughs. Okay, team. Thank you, Father, for your confirmation. Thank you for releasing your presence and your power. Thank you today for taking us by the hand and say, come on, come on. <laughs> we're going in. We're going in. You're kidding me. No, we're going in. We're going in because I've been there before you. So, Father, I, 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 I pray and pronounce liberty over everyone that is here today. And I pray today, I pray today that, that you will release a people into our city. Uh, uh, people that are unwilling to compromise, uh, people that are willing to step out into the unknown, and Lord, uh, people that are saying, God is a God that will do immeasurably more, and Lord, you got us to be part of it. You're giving us a chance to be part of something that you're doing in this nation. So Lord, we're thanking you for bringing a move of God to the nation of Canada that involves everyone in this room, and we give you the praise, we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I am a child of God. Let's say it. I am a child of God. Okay. God bless you. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you. And that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 